we're going into the fourth period. And uh, it's a typical thing I ask is like, how are you guys feeling? Like, how tired are you on a scale from one to five? And so I'm expecting them to say, yeah, well, you know, like we're pooped. And all those teams in that Monday night league are all top tier teams in the nation. And so it's the, the top tier teams are physical and it wears on you because they're heavy. So I remember expecting the answers like I'm pooped and the girls are going, I feel good. And we were countering. And so I'm caught off guard a little bit because we've only been doing this a couple of weeks and we haven't been doing it every day. During the season, we do it every day. So we're doing it maybe three days a week. And I watch the video later and the video, I mean, the girls are counterattacking. It's not like they're going in cruise control and they're in, they're countering, countering, they're playing hard. And so right then and there, I think it was week two of the girls using this. I was like, I've got this huge advantage. Statements made in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. For more information about Katsu and Katsu products, visit KatsuGlobal.com. That's K-A-A-T-S-U Global.com. Hello, we're here with a, uh, a Katsu user of about almost a year. Dave Carlson. He's a longtime uh, military history, financial literacy teacher at Los Alamillos High School and a very successful swimming and water polo coach. He's coached high school, age group champions, all the way up to the uh, national team. Welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. All right, Dave, for our audience who doesn't know you and, and your uh, sterling reputation in the water polo and swimming world, can you give us a little bit of background of your coaching experience? Before I go into my coaching, what got me into coaching is I played for two USA Water Polo Hall of Fame coaches at Golden West College. There was two USA Water Polo Hall of Fame coaches on that coaching staff and Ken Hambroff and, and Tom Hermstead. There should have been three because Don Mahaffey was an excellent coach also. So we had three head coaches basically there. And I was fortunate to play for two state championship water polo teams. And it was a very small role I played. I wasn't a starter and I wasn't even one of the first guys off the bench. But one of the things that this turned out to be was a blessing in disguise for me because sitting from the perspective and watching from the coach's perspective through a lot of the games that were close, I was able to digest a lot of things that I don't think I would have quite digested if I was in the water as much. I began coaching high school at Edison High School for Greg Luttrell, and then that moved to Marina High School. And at Marina High School, I was fortunate to be able to coach the first officially sanctioned Division I CIF Championship girls team. It was in 1998. I was the Marina coach, and we had upset the number one seed, Long Beach Wilson, in the first ever inaugural CIF Division I finals. There were CIF championships before that. It was just not sanctioned by CIF. After that, I got a teaching and coaching job at Los Alamitos High School where I boys and girls water polo and boys and girls swim. Uh, in the meantime, starting in 1999, I was recruited pretty much by Jim Brum, Jason Lynch, and Mark Parker to work with the men's national team. At that time, I was under coach Johnny Vargas. I became the co-head zone coach back then. It was called Zone 7. There was It wasn't the Southern Pacific Zone. Zone 7 included Santa Barbara and Long Beach, Orange County, Riverside, and Inland Empire. And um, I held that position 
position as a co-head coach until Parker decided that he wanted to just concentrate on high school. And I became the head zone coach. And in my time coaching at Los Alamitos and Marina High School for high school, we've been in the Sunset League with both of those teams and my water polo teams on the boys' side. Uh, I coached from 98 through 2012. And my boys' teams either at Marina High School, Los Alamitos, had won nine uh, league championships and two CIF championships. And then the girls' side between Marina and Los Alamitos, my girls' teams have won 12 Sunset League championships and two CIF championships on the girls' side. In 2009, Andrew Rowe, he had been asking me for a couple of years to go over to uh, SoCal. And he gave me the most prestigious club job you can have over there. He entrusted me with the 18 and under boys program. That first year in 2009, I went in and the team was absolutely stacked and won two national championships in that in that first year. Future Olympian Josh Samuels was the captain of that team. I was the head 18 and under coach for from 2009 to I think 2016, and my boys teams there had won four national championships and. As a swim coach, I've coached boys and girls swim at Los Alamitos, and I'm currently just the girls swim coach and girls water polo coach. Yeah, and uh, you've you've used Katsu for almost a year now. You started in summer um, back in July, and um, just tell us your first initial reactions to Katsu. What got me interested in trying it out was a couple of the guest speakers that I had that you got for me for my military history class had said something about it. And then I asked you about it, if I could try it. And you happened to be going up to Redondo Beach to do a short workout with a former Navy SEAL and said I was welcome to join. So um, I went up there with you to Redondo Beach and we met some former Navy SEAL at, um, at a hotel uh, lobby. And... Um, I think it was the armbands that I tried first. Yeah, and you were going to do some push-ups, I recall. Right, so I remember you asked me, as I was putting them on before we actually started a cycle, you asked me how many push-ups I could do. And I remember saying I could do somewhere between 75 and 100 easy. And you had asked me, I think, to just try 30. And I remember thinking, yeah, that's going to be easy. 30 is not much of a challenge. And so the Katsu bands inflated and I began to do my push-ups and you asked me to do them nice and slow. And so I started doing them nice and slow. And I think it was about, I don't know, around 15, where I could feel the lactic acid really building up all in my arms. And it got extremely difficult. I don't remember how many I did, but I remember it was difficult after about 15, 16. It got, it got pretty difficult. Yeah. And then uh, we took the armbands off you and then we put them on your legs. Mm -hmm. And you did some walks and some short bursts of speed. How did that feel? Yeah, so I remember um, you were working with is it Will? Will, yes. Will Branham. So you were working with Will and I asked if I could just kind of try out on my own the leg bands. And so I remember walking across the street. I was walking parallel to the beach and you said, you know, just, just try to do a couple of short bursts of runs. So um, I remember I would walk for a little bit and then I would just take off on a full on sprint for maybe 10 or 15 steps and um, I, I could feel the lactic acid build up in my legs um, really quick and uh, you know I just I never I never would have thought doing that little I could get that much of a workout yeah now dial forward uh, six months or so and uh, you're a very fit guy um, you know you're you go to the gym a lot um, you play some pretty intense basketball games 
but with katsu you completely like flip-flopped your your uh, training regimen yeah so in the summertime um to stay in, in shape you know have more time to go to the gym um i go to the gym seven days a week uh i might miss if we have a tournament on like a saturday sunday um but i, I generally go to the gym seven days a week in the summertime um i would ride my bike there for cardio um two to three times a week and um i was uh making my way into the basketball games um about two to three times a week um you know the pickup games there for cardio and i remember after trying this you asked me to experiment by not going to the gym for four weeks the katsu instead and um i i remember refusing just saying that's absolutely not going to happen i think i said i don't want to get fat and you said okay well why don't you just go to the gym and why don't you just try to maybe go a couple days to the gym and so i think i went maybe three days that week to the gym and i tried to do the katsu you know i did the katsu instead and then that slowly went to when i saw that actually i um, my body reacted kind of weird to it. I think in the first week I was using the katsu, I think I dropped five pounds. You know, I was like, oh, shoot, you know, then I better cut out some of the cardio. So I remember I stopped riding my, I think I stopped riding my bike to the gym. And then I stopped playing basketball. Um, I was really playing basketball just for the cardio. And so, um, you know, I think within three to four weeks, I had scaled back going to the gym to just a weekend thing. You know, and um, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but, you know, I, I, I don't I don't necessarily enjoy going to the gym. It's something that I just do to work out. So on the way home from school, I remember, you know, something I would always get to my house. I would change into my gym clothes. I'd get in my car and I just drive to the gym before I could think of a excuse not to. Then I'd get there and then everything's good. Um, but then I remember um, on the way home thinking you know what, I'm tired. It's been a long day. You know, I've been coaching. I really don't want to go to the gym. I'll just strap on the katsu and watch ESPN. Just kind of like do some biceps, triceps uh, with the bands, you know, do some minor exercises while I'm watching ESPN. And then for the legs, you know, just doing some of uh, the oscillating lunges and the oscillating squats and I'll be good. And sure enough, I mean, this is but that was in end of July. Now that's been my routine is going to the gym two days a week where I was going seven days a week. During the school year, I would go maybe three, four times a week. Uh, but I go like twice on Saturdays and Sundays. And, you know, right now, since I think it was towards the end of March when I go to LA Fitness, LA Fitness closed its doors. You know, I haven't been to the gym since the end of March. And I think I'm in really good shape. I mean, yes, it's, it's, uh, it, the, the, my arms have gotten for sure uh, bigger. And then the thing that I've noticed the most and people around me have noticed the most is the definition. And so not only has my arms, my biceps, triceps, forearms have, have gotten bigger, they're more defined. Or I think the, the, the word that people use to stay are ripped. Yeah, that's good. The Katsu Cycle 2.0 is launched. After years of research, design modifications, software changes, user feedback, and utilization of metabolite testing results, the next generation Katsu Cycle 2.0 is now available. It is more compact and quieter. It is more capable and more powerful than the first generation Katsu Nano and Katsu Master products. The Katsu Cycle 2.0 enables exercise, recovery, and rehabilitation anywhere, anytime, 
by anyone. The ultra compact, ultra light, durable unit offers the Katsu Cycle and Katsu Master training modes and utilizes precise software controlled limb pressure for both your arms and legs. The Katsu Cycle 2.0 includes four Katsu airbands for both arms and legs, a rechargeable battery, with a USB-C charger. The pneumatic elastic bands can be disconnected from the Katsu Cycle 2.0 unit and are waterproof for use in the pool. Based on the original Katsu know-how and US patent number 9775619 compression and decompression control system and vascular strengthening method, the Katsu Cycle 2.0 can do the following. It can tone muscle without weights. It's convenient. It can be done anywhere, anytime, by anyone. It offers access to the Katsu Performance Database. It offers six preset Katsu Cycle levels. It can efficiently and effectively improve speed, stamina, and strength. The Katsu Cycle 2.0 is an incredible time saver. It can improve circulation. It enables faster recovery. It enables greater range of motion for those rehabilitating and recovering from injuries and surgeries. It is reimbursable with various CPT codes. And the Katsu Cycle 2.0 offers customizable Katsu pressures. Katsu, profoundly simple and simply profound. Statements made in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. For more information about Katsu and Katsu products, visit KatsuGlobal.com. That's K-A-A-T-S-U Global.com. There's a picture behind me of you at the gym, and you have tattoos. You actually came up with a really cool protocol for Mm -hmm. tattoos and katsu. Can you explain Mm -hmm. that? What I did on uh, one of my tattoos was I decided to do katsu arms and legs in the morning. I think my appointment was like 10 a.m. I did the katsu arms and I did legs maybe three or four cycles or whatever. And then I went to get my tattoo. After my tattoo was over, you have a wrap and it's supposed to be in a wrap for an hour. Then you can, you know, you're supposed to wash it out, take a shower. And so what I did was I put the armbands on from the time I left, the guy that gave me the tattoo. I left and um, I think I just did cycles, like low cycles for about an hour on my arms. And I noticed when I took them off, there's a lot more blood than maybe normal because it's pushing the blood there and it's open wound. But I noticed that it healed faster. The swelling wasn't, as bad as normal. It healed a lot faster. The whole process of the healing process after a tattoo, it was just a lot faster. So I did that again. I've, I've, I've gone and gotten a couple of tattoos since. And uh, on my last tattoo, actually, I part of it was on my elbow. And on my elbow right here, the guy doing my tattoo, I mean, he's the head dude at his, he owns his own shop. And he said, this elbow is going to be swollen. Uh, just a heads up, it's going to swell up, but it never swell up. It didn't swell at all. There, yeah, there was no yeah. swelling. So the healing process, uh, doing the katsu cycles right before I got the tattoo. And then as soon as you leave, as soon as they wrap it up, as I'm leaving, you put it on immediately and and you do it for about 
the, the entire hour on low. And if I were to get a tattoo on, on my leg, I'd do the same thing. And then um, as I come home, I'd immediately put the leg bands on and I would just for the hour while you're waiting to unwrap it, you know, I do that. And, and it, there is definitely a difference in how fast it healed. And there was zero swelling. Yeah. Zero. It didn't swell even a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into how you use the bands, not only for rehabilitation when your athletes get hurt in a game, but also how you use it during practice, before a game and after a game. So just a few uh, a few bits of pieces. What we're trying to do with these cuts bands, and you can see the photo of the uh, uh, athlete behind me, is that you put the bands on the upper arm. And although it looks like a tourniquet, it's actually a, a band, elastic band that keeps the blood in the limb. So the limb gets rather uh, uh, pink or reddish. And that's a very good sign. Just so how Dave actually used uh, the bands to help reduce the inflammation and speed up the recovery process from his uh, tattoos. We're doing the same with athletes, whether they're on dry land or in the water. So can you just sort of bring us up to date on how you use the katsu bands in practice, before a game, after a game? I first started experimenting with these katsu bands in the fall. Uh, high school girls water polo is a winter sport. So in the fall, we um, generally have uh, a summer league on a Monday night. And we practice every day after school, but typically my teams are in the regular season. When I coached the boys team, we were in great condition in the fall. I mean, we're going to be in good condition, but you know, in the off season, but we're in, we're typically in great condition, um, tip top shape by the time we are in league and then into the playoffs. Uh, for the girls during the fall, I mean, we do conditioning, but we really work on a lot of fundamentals. And so typically we're in Monday night league and saying, going to the fourth period, you know, how are you feeling? And the girls are generally, you know, I'm tired. And they say, well, that's, you're not going to feel like that in the winter. This is how our opponents are going to feel in the winter time. And you're going to have a lot more gas in your tank in the, in the winter time. And so I started using the Katsu bands about twice a week um, for the last 10 minutes of practice. We'd say, okay, last 10 minutes of practice, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do some sprints. So we put the armbands on and we did, I mean, maybe four minutes worth of sprints. Okay. And then, I mean, they could barely move their arms by the end. And so I typically go, give me a number between one and five, five being up here, one being here, three is like average, and then four and two are in between. Okay, so at five, if you can't take any more, the lactic acid is just unbearable. One, if it's like, eh, nothing. And three is like, yeah, you know, it's it's average. And so, uh, you know, we're eight sprints in. Sorry, we're, we've got five sprints, uh, maybe on the 30 seconds. After five sprints, most girls are at five. There's a few girls that might be at four. They're saying four and a half. And I mean, five sprints. Um, and so then the six would be easy. We would do stuff where, you know, I tried these out too, you know, doing four or five sprints is very taxing because the lactic acid builds up. You can feel it in your arms. And so, um, and it, and by the way, it just, it just hits you. Okay. So on the first sprint, I mean, you don't really feel that much. It doesn't feel like 
anything except for you can feel like you have the bands on you. The second sprint, it feels like your arms are getting a little bit bigger. It's getting a little bit tighter. And I think it's about sprint number three, if it's a 25 yard sprint, you're getting towards the end of the sprint and all of a sudden your arm just feels like it's blowing up. And uh, I think by sprint number four or five, it feels like your arm's gonna pop. And so I know that that's the blood engorging your arms. Uh, so we'd go about five sprints to six. We, we eventually worked up to seven sprints and then an easy, the eighth one. Uh, easy back and then we do legs um, so I'd go flutter kick on the wall for 20 seconds and then they turn and they kick off the wall and they would do either a uh, flutter kick head up with a skull in front of them for uh, 25 or they would do flutter kick for 20 seconds and then on the whistle they would push off the wall dolphin kick underwater come up and they would just be a, a freestyle sprint and that's what we do and we go one, two, three, four again. I mean, we get to number five and um, there needs to be a longer recovery period. And I, th I think we'd maybe get to six sprints maximum uh, with that. Uh, so I, I was noticing that the, gir the girls were saying they're getting a, such a great workout in four, four to five minutes maximum. Um, and then the results happened. I think it was the second Monday night game we're going into the fourth period and uh, it's a typical thing I ask is like, how are you guys feeling? Like, how tired are you on a scale from one to five? And so I'm expecting them to say, yeah, well, you know, like we're pooped. And all those teams in that Monday Night League are all top tier teams in the nation. And so it's the, the top tier teams are physical and it wears on you because they're heavy. So I remember expecting the answer is like, I'm pooped. And the girls are going, I feel good. And we were countering. And so I'm caught off guard a little bit because we've only been doing this a couple of weeks and we haven't been doing it every day. During the season, we do it every day. So we're doing it maybe three days a week. And I watched the video later. And the video, I mean, the girls are counterattacking. It's not like they're going in cruise control. They're in, they're countering, countering. They're playing hard. And so right then and there, I think it was week two of the girls using this. I was like, I've got this huge advantage over the rest of the teams. If you followed my teams, I think that the things that people know about the team that I coach is the things that we can have control over, we are going to take care of. Like, uh, one, you can always be the most physical team. Two, you can always be the toughest team. Three, you can always be in the best condition. You know, your legs can be strong and up on your legs. Major, major advantage is the volume of training that I'm doing as far as like conditioning uh, is, is a lot less than I've ever done before. And I know it's a lot less than other coaches. Uh, and so my team is in better shape and they are doing less. On top of them being in better shape, knowing the science behind this, I know that their arteries and their veins um, are a lot more elastic when the blood flows through there. And so the blood flow is a lot more efficient than the teams that I've had in the past at being able to get to the muscles, especially in your legs late in the game. And so the fatigue isn't there uh, because the lactic acid is flushing out faster and there's, they have uh, more energy to play in the fourth period and get up on their legs in the fourth period. Um, and I, I would guess somebody seen one of my teams play and the energy that they have in the fourth quarter would probably guess that I'm conditioning them an hour in a day and, and, and I'm not, it's yeah. like 10 minutes of conditioning, wow. uh, maybe 15. Wow. So that's radically changed the way if, if, if you have a two hour, two and a half hour workout, you're spending a lot more time now 
on the technical aspects, plays, and other things that, frankly, you need to spend more time on. And with your conditioning coming down, you've got that time. Yeah, one of one of the uh, you know I started out as a kinesiology minor at, at Cal State Fullerton, and one of the first uh, classes we took was the techniques of coaching, and they kind of explained the process if you're an age group coach or a high school coach or a collegiate coach, or a professional coach, and I already knew I was a high school coach, and so they said you know when you're in a high school coach, something that you have to remember is the amount of time that you're going to have with your athletes is not the same amount of time you're going to have with a collegiate team. And if you're a collegiate coach, you're going to have not the same amount of time as a professional uh, team. And so uh, the best coaches are the ones that are able to figure out in your two hours a day or two and a half hours a day or in the off season, your five hours in a week. Um, what can you accomplish in that short amount of time? And then on top of that, the best coaches can um, can find a way to uh, do two things at once. And so that's another thing that I've been able to do with Katsu is, you know, if I, I have a limited amount of time that I can spend with my athletes. With the Katsu, you know, some of the things I've been able to do is we are working on passing drill or a shooting drill. We put the leg bands on for when we're doing passing and then have them have the leg bands on for, I never have them on for more than 15 minutes. It's like 10 to 15 minutes it's timed. Wow. Introducing the Katsu Cycle 2.0. Katsu is the ultimate biohack for health, rehabilitation, and recovery. Trained bilaterally and untethered from the unit. Tone muscle without weights, lessening the risk of injury to joints and muscles. Improve speed, stamina, and strength. Exercise, recover, and rehabilitate anytime, anywhere. Increase range of motion and promote improved circulation. Accelerate training when time is of the essence. These are just a few of the benefits of the new Katsu Cycle 2.0. Invented in 1966 by Dr. Yoshiaki Sato of Tokyo, Japan and protected by 47 patents, Katsu Next Generation Equipment and Protocols have a unique and unprecedented safety track record with over 20 million individual Katsu sessions in 48 countries around the globe. Backed by over 50 years of expertise, Katsu Global is excited to introduce the latest advancement in health and wellness, the Katsu Cycle 2.0. Fitting in the palm of your hand or in your pocket, the Katsu Cycle 2.0 is the most advanced, most portable, easiest to use compression device in the world. In combination with a precise algorithm controlled limb pressure, Katsu's narrow elastic bands yield to muscle contractions, providing safe and effective exercise and rehabilitation for users of all ages and from all walks of life, from Olympic champions to disabled individuals. Katsu users have a full range of motion, providing complete control and the opportunity for a wide variety of movements and training. From elite athletes and soldiers to aging baby boomers, 
and busy executives, Katsu Cycle 2.0 is the next generation training and rehabilitation device used around the world. Katsu is used by the United States Department of Defense as well as the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. Katsu, profoundly simple and simply profound. Statements made in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. For more information about Katsu and Katsu products, visit KatsuGlobal.com. That's K-A-A-T-S-U Global.com.